0: Airbnb. It's wedding season. Yes, it is. What's going on, baby? Alex and I just got invited to a beautiful venue for the wedding of a childhood buddy of mine. Lovely. Can't wait to hear about it. We got babysitters. We're all set to go. And the first thing that you did, Jack? Book a hotel for the wedding. Okay. Second thing that you did? List my place as available that weekend on Airbnb. Millions of people host on Airbnb, but millions more have never even thought about hosting. Here's the thing. We've said it's great to make money while you sleep. Actually, Warren Buffett said that. Well, when you're an Airbnb host host. You make money while you sleep and while someone else sleeps. That's why anytime I'm traveling, I immediately jump into Airbnb and set my house as available. It's that easy. So Yetis, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Canva. Six years ago, Nick and I were designing the pitch deck for our media company. Yeah, we didn't want it to look like some amateur college PowerPoint. We wanted to impress investors. So we made our first pitch deck on Canva. Canva is the easy to use online design platform for presentations, social media posts, physical flyers, anything you can design. And Canva turns you into a digital Da Vinci, delighting your audience with design. They got these color palettes that you can use. It makes your work look beautiful. We used presentation templates that were available for free and then customized them for our company. And guess what? That summer, we sold that company Market Snacks thanks to the deck we built with Canva. Oh, and funny thing, we still use Canva today for all our design projects. So, Yetis, start designing today at canva.com. Canva designed for work. This is Nick. This is Jack. Welcome back. It is Monday, February 26th, and today's pod is the best one yet. It is a T-boy, baby. The top three pop business news stories you need to know today. Oh, I'm sorry. Pause the pod. I'm seeing you tomorrow, man. Do you notice I'm a little tanner today? Uh, You are looking a little tanner today. Because I actually popped down to Florida to drop the family off before coming to see you in San Francisco. That's a really long layover, man. I'm taking a lot of points on this trip, man. Yetis, Jack and I are getting together this week. In the meantime, Jack, what's our first story for today's fantastic T-Boy? Platinum status, here I come. For our first story, Reddit just filed to IPO last week. It's the first big IPO of the year. So Jack and I spent all weekend in their IPO paperwork to tell you all about Reddit. For our second story, bacon sales have surprisingly been falling for 20 straight years. We're calling it the bacon backlash. The other white meat is losing to the other other white meat. And our third and final story. Last week, we told you that America landed on the moon again for the first time in 52 years. But for the first time ever, it wasn't a country on the moon. It was a company. We're going to tell you about the publicly traded company whose ticker symbol is Lunar. Lunar. But yetis, before we hit that wonderful mix of stories. Fantastic mix of stories to kick off the week, Jack. It's Monday. Welcome back to the office, everybody. Do you notice something different out there? We think you do, because the newest strategy to get you back into the office is smell. The new return to work strategy is scent. They're making the boardroom smell like your favorite bagel. They're making the lobby smell a lot like lavender. Sorry, Debbie, are you wearing perfume? No, but I think the entire office building is. (laughs) Yetis. the last time we discussed novel return to work trends, it was the Instagrammable office. They're making offices look poppy, so Millennial Millie will come on back and take pictures of the place. But now managers are turning to smell because research shows that scent is a powerful tool to boost people's moods. So it turns out Frank from finance just commissioned a custom fragrance for your office. The Wall Street Journal noticed this major trend. Cubicles are starting to smell like chamomile. But Jack and I noticed that your boss isn't actually that original, are they, Jack? We've seen this strategy before, Nick. Actually, we've smelled the <laughs> strategy before, right? True, because the hotel industry, they love signature scents. Jack, is that Jasmine? I think that means we're at the Oh, how about Cinnabon or Auntie Anne's? they mastered the smell strategy over in the mall. They're strategically sticking their bacon ovens right by the door so they catch it from 50 yards away. But I wouldn't be a millennial if I didn't mention Abercrombie and Fitch because A&F pioneered the smell strategy. <laughs> Somewhere in your closet is a cute crop top that still smells like Abercrombie's cologne. After 75 washes, you can't get that smell out of it. I think it got stronger. It smells like abs. So yetis, if your office suddenly smells like eucalyptus. Best use. If you're getting whiffs of, oh, do we work? Oh, that ain't Chanel number five you're working with. That's the new return to work strategy the smell strategy. Hey, Jack. <laughs> Let's hit our three stories. Fifteen years before this song, two boys from the northeast met in the dorm. They had an idea that caused a cultural storm. It's the best one yet, but the best is a norm. Jack, Nick, that's it. I don't even think they need to practice. 50%, that's a fat tip. T-boy city on your at list. If you know, you know, cause we read to go. We can't wait no more, so just start the show. For our first story, Reddit just filed to IPO next month. This will be the final social media company to finally go public. We're going to tell you all about Reddit, but this is the first social media company we've ever seen that's worried about revolt. Jack, let's go back to 2004. You had pimples. I had pimples, and so did a young Marky Mark, Zucky Zuck, down in Boston, baby. Well, one year after Mark Zuckerberg founded Facebook at the Harvard—sorry, the Facebook at Harvard—just outside Boston, two guys founded Reddit over at UVA. Facebook launched, Reddit launched, and the social media era had begun. Now, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Pinterest. They all IPO'd years ago. They're all publicly traded stocks. But Reddit was the only one of those social media giants that hadn't IPO'd. It was still a private company. But then came last week. Reddit finally filed their paperwork to go public on the stock market. That means after 19 years, we finally have the financials on the secretive company Reddit. That means after 19 years, we finally have the inside scoop on what they call the front page of the internet. But Jack, what was the first surprise about this $5 billion IPO for Reddit? After 19 years, Reddit is still unprofitable. And Jack, what's the second surprise we noticed about this $5 billion Reddit IPO? Guess who's the third biggest shareholder of Reddit? And who is it, man? Sam Altman. Sam Altman, what is he doing? He's everywhere. How many Sam Altmans are there? I think there's six of them. One sec. Sam. We're not talking about you. You know, we're talking about you. He's here, Jack. He's right next to me. Now, the way Nick and I see it, when it comes to Reddit, you're either on Reddit for hours a day. Or you just like vaguely are aware that Reddit exists. Yet these 267 million people log into Reddit every single week. That actually makes it one of the smaller major social media companies. But if you did log into Reddit over the last seven years, then on average, you log in for 45 minutes a day. So for hardcore users, it's one of the most engaged social media platforms. Reddit invented online anonymity. Most of the users on Reddit, they don't reveal their names. Reddit also invented the AMA. The Ask Me Anything event. Besties, Reddit is where you go when you just got a new camera for Christmas. And frankly, you have no idea how to use that camera. You'll ask them, like, how do I connect it to my computer? You'll get some friendly responses, like some genuinely helpful feedback from the Redditors. You're going to see helpful posts on Reddit, helpful pictures on Reddit, and one person is going to insult your mother. Because of the anonymous. Yeah, you're right. So Jack and I jumped into Reddit's IPO paperwork. And Jack, how is the first way Reddit actually makes money? Advertising. For example, if you go to the subreddit for sauna, that's a good place to advertise for saunas if you're selling saunas. Or for cold plunges or heated foot massagers. The second way Reddit makes money besides advertising, they're actually selling all the content on the platform to tech companies to train their AI models. Get this, Yetis. Reddit's content, what you're writing, is actually being used to train artificial intelligence. Reddit just signed a deal with Google that pays Reddit $60 million a year to feed Google's AI with Reddit conversations and the occasional insult about your mother. (laughs) But yet, here's (laughs) what Jack and I found fascinating about this story. The most mentioned word in Reddit's IPO paperwork, what was it, Jack? Community. They mentioned it 439 times. But you'll be shocked to learn who manages that community. So Jack and Sam, what's the takeaway for our buddies over at Reddit? This is the first time we've seen a company mention revolt as a risk. Yeah, it is. When a company goes public, they must, by law, transparently disclose the risks that that company faces. And one of the risks that Reddit faces is that their volunteer moderators will revolt against the company. Yeah, that's what Reddit said in their IPO paperwork. Like, Reddit depends on thousands of volunteers to create and enforce their rules for posting and commenting on Reddit. For example, the famous subreddit Wall Street Bets that is governed By a volunteer who just raised their hand and said, I'll manage this subreddit. So as Reddit faces pressure from public markets and scrutiny from the public, the CEO may have to make moves that the volunteers don't like. And that may be the biggest risk of all, that Reddit upsets their volunteer moderators. If those volunteers revolt, then Reddit transforms from organized chaos into just chaos. And that's why Reddit is the first company we've ever seen to mention revolt as a risk. For our second story, we got an update on America's diet. Yetis, we are not eating pork, the other white meat. It's the bacon backlash, and Nick and I think it's because of the 3 Fs of fads. Jack, can you take us back to 2011? You and I are in college together. What is going on? Set the scene for us, please. Back in 2011, bacon was everywhere. It was on every menu. It was added to every dish. It was added to things you don't eat, too. You couldn't buy a salad without hearing them add the bacon on it. It was the Ron Swanson diet. There was the bacon-wrapped dates, the bacon-wrapped scallops, the bacon-wrapped bacon. I had a bacon-smelled candle. (laughs) I had a bacon-wrapped water, Jack. (laughs) The tenderloin LaCroix. Bacon sold back then. So Yetis, to chase that pork demand, Iowa became the pork capital of the world. There's actually eight hogs per Iowan still today in Iowa. Ham, sausage, ribs, bacon. That was the John, the Paul, the George, and the Ringo of food. But here's the news. Pork demand in the United States has plummeted. Sales of pork across the United States are 9% lower today than they were 20 years ago. But Jack, could you sprinkle, I'm sorry, could you season on some context for us, please? That 9% drop is not adjusted for the population increase or the inflation that's happened in the last 20 years. So 9% shrinkage is actually a lot worse than it sounds. Yetis, we are eating less bacon out there. It's good for your cholesterol, but it is bad for parts of the economy. Tyson, the biggest meat producer in the country, they've got too many pigs. So they're actually losing $30 per hog that they raise. But yetis, here's what Jack and I found fascinating about this story. The key reason why pork is struggling right now is because of the bacon backfire. The brilliant marketing campaign we all grew up with It actually ended up hurting pork, not helping it. Do you know what marketing campaign we're talking about? Like, uh, the other white meat. It debuted back in 1987 as a way to promote pork. Pork, the other white meat. At the time, chicken consumption was absolutely soaring in the United States. So the big brains over at Big Pork said, hey, if America's eating white meat chicken, why not eat white meat pork too? So they called themselves white meat. But instead, for the next 25 years, the other white meat campaign caused Americans to compare chicken with pork. Okay, here's where the problem happens, Yeti's. Pork is the other white meat. That is also not the original white meat, and it is the more expensive of the two white meats. When Americans considered chicken, one white meat, with pork, the other white meat, They went with chicken because it's the lower-priced white meat. It's like the pork industry has been regretting now that they did this whole other white meat thing. Like, Jack, what do they think they should have done instead? Industry insiders say they should have said we're like beef, but cheaper. That should have been their catchphrase. Have a ham, we're cheaper than sirloin. So today, the pork industry is pretty desperate. They're trying to win back busy millennials, By making the meat easier to cook. That's their latest strategy. Get this. According to the Wall Street Journal, what is the newest pork invention, Jack? Quick to cook bacon. We're calling it brisk bacon. Brisk bacon. Here's what this is. It's pre-cooked bacon that you buy at the store so that it cooks in just 10 minutes instead of 20 minutes. It cooks in half the time. Yeah, because we're all too busy TikToking to wait 10 minutes to make ourselves a proper bacon, egg, and cheese. You ain't waiting. For no bacon. So, Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over in the pork industry? Food, fashion, and fitness are the industries most vulnerable to fads. You know, we shouldn't be surprised that America's love for bacon was a fad because it falls into one of the three Fs of fads. Fashion, fitness, and food. We can point to three stocks that boomed when their fad was in and then busted when their fad was out. First, we saw it with fashion. Levi is up when jeans are in, but Levi is down when jeans go out. Then we saw it with fitness. Peloton boomed and then it busted just like a Nordic track. And we see it all the time with food. Plant-based meat boomed with beyond meat. Full disclosure, Jack and I own shares and then they fell apart. Plant-based meat, Peloton, jeans, they're all fads at one time or another. Jack and I like to call them tastemaker stocks because they're subject more to short-term fads than the long-term trends. And food, fitness, and fashion, those are the three Fs that frequently fall to fads. This episode is sponsored by Audible, the home of storytelling. Protect her. That's from the opening chapter of The Last Thing He Told Me. Or is it protect To protect her. And honestly, we shouldn't say anymore. Let's stop We're there. we us to do the whole audiobook on Audible while driving in the car on road trips. And you should too. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500-500. That's audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500-500. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Yetis, how good is the feeling of finally getting something off your chest? You've been wanting to say it. You've been waiting to say it. But you bottled it up. In Waspy, Vermont, where I grew up, we didn't talk much about our problems. we were encouraged to keep them to yourself. Yetis, bottling up your feelings is just horrible for you because eventually it blows up with an outburst. And then while it's stewing, it makes your whole stomach feel terrible. We encourage you to get it off your chest. Oh, and by the way, what you tell your therapist remains completely confidential. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash T-Boy today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp H E L P dot com slash T-Boy. For our third and final story, for the first time ever, a country didn't land on the moon. A company landed on the moon. This is a story about intuitive machines. The first moon stock that's trying to create the first moon city. All right, but Jack, put down the bacon for a second. Let's whip up some trivia. There are only five countries that have successfully landed on the moon. What are they? The United States did it first in 1969, but so have the Soviet Union, China, Japan, and India. But only one of those countries has put humans on the moon. And who is that, my friend? That's the United States. And last week, for the first time since the Apollo 17 program back in 1972, America is back on the moon after 50 years america is oh well it wasn't exactly america was it jack it wasn't america per se it was intuitive machines a one billion dollar publicly traded company whose ticker symbol is aptly named lunar unlike spacex and unlike blue origin this space company is focused on one thing and one thing only the moon and it's co-founded by an iranian american Dr. Cam Gafarian, who's celebrating that successful soft landing on the moon right now. So last Thursday night, Intuitive's aircraft landed on the moon. It's about the size of like a surfboard. That's what this thing kind of looks like. But it's the first lunar module to land on the moon that's not owned by a government. It's owned by a company. So the stock of the company jumped 25% last week. Because they landed on the moon. yet it's up 300% this year because one small step for man, one giant leap for the stock. It should be up way more than that. They landed on the moon, Nick. What have you done lately, Heinz ketchup? And they didn't crash it on the moon. They softly landed it as smooth as like the way you park a car. Yeah, NASA sanctioned this mission to explore parts of the moon that have never been seen before. And the lunar lander, it's actually just going to remain up there forever. It's going to be an outpost for future exploration of space. It could one day be the cornerstone of Moon City. It's the initial building block of Moon City. Your great-grandkids may be hanging out on a street corner in Moon City. But here's what Nick and I noticed about this. There were no humans on board this aircraft. But capitalism was on board. Yeah, this wasn't like your typical patriotic moon landing, was it, Jack? There was no American flag, no stars and stripes, no military salutes. And no star-spangled banner, like, ripping up the sides of this rocket ship. Instead, it was basically a flying advertisement going 25,000 miles per hour. Get this, besties. To drum up marketing for this product, this space company collabed with a famous artist. They hired Jeff Koons to design 125 moon sculptures, which are on the moon right now, and they're going to stay up there. It's like a housewarming gift for Moon City, which hopefully gets built someday up there. And to improve the branding of this space company, they collabed with an athletic apparel company on the spaceship. Columbia Sportswear, they designed your jacket's insulation and this spaceship's insulation too. And since they're leaving this lunar lander on the moon, one tech company has some pretty big brag and marketing rights right now, Jack. Lone Star Data Holdings is now the only data server Holding data on the moon. Yetis, this is the first company to land on the moon, and they did it like a flying billboard. Let's hope they got some good promo codes for all those corporate handouts. T minus three, two, one. Houston, what's the (laughs) takeaway for all our buddies here on Earth? NASA just showed the power of letting go. Yetis, the big question everyone was wondering with this moment was where was NASA the whole time? NASA was there with Apollo 13, Apollo 14, Apollo 15, Apollo 16, Apollo 17. But NASA doesn't have a lead role in the space missions anymore. They instead have a supporting role. NASA's budget for the American government is now one-tenth of what it was at its height in the late 60s, or early 70s. So for the last decade, NASA has outsourced their work, and the numbers in this moon landing milestone are the perfect example of it. According to a former NASA director, the same mission, if run by NASA, would have cost over $500 million. But instead, NASA delegated this to a private company, which had the incentive to keep costs down and did the mission at one-fifth the price. NASA got an 80% discount by taking the lesser role and letting a private company do it, which ultimately saved Americans $400 million. Jack, and I should point out, this outsourcing plan, it isn't perfect, right, Jack? That landing last week, it didn't feel like A moment for the country to come together. Oh, and unlike NASA, intuitive focus is on profits, not science, humanity, and America. But still, it's the first company to land on the moon, and it shows the power of letting go. Jack, can you whip up the takeaways for us to kick off the week? Reddit has filed to IPO. It'll be the final social media company to go public. But it's the first time we've ever seen a company say a risk to their business is a revolt. For our second story, pork sales in America are lower today than 20 years ago. We're eating chicken instead. It's the bacon backlash. We could have known bacon was a fad because it's one of the three Fs of fads. Food, fashion, and fitness. And our third and final story is intuitive machines. They parked a lunar lander safely on the moon, and they planned to leave it there forever. NASA saved 400 million bucks by not going to the moon themselves, showing the power of letting go. But Yetis, this pod's not over yet. Here's what else you need to know today. First, stocks also went to the moon. They hit another record high at the end of last week. Not too shabby. The S&P 500 briefly passed 5,100 points for the first time ever. And the Dow also hit a record high. And second, remember last week when we said American Airlines raised their check bag fee and we said other airlines would do the same thing? United Airlines just raised their check bag fee by five bucks and so did JetBlue. Your move, Delta your move. Sometimes airlines don't compete. They just say, me too. And finally, those baseball jerseys made by Nike for Major League Baseball, we got another update for you. The players don't just hate the fit and the aesthetic of the uniform. They're also see-through. You can see the players' caps. The wardrobe malfunctions are everywhere. <laughs> now time for the best fact yet. Yeah, this one sent in by Amit Batia from lovely Cleveland, Ohio, the Paris on the Lake. The first ever roadside that forbid you from making a left turn. Where was it, Jack? It was in Buffalo, New York. They had the first ever sign that forbid you from making a left turn, a no left turn sign. So if you're in Buffalo right now and you're turning right, that's why. Buffalo, don't make a left, make three rights. Besties, before we head out, the best way to grow the show is if you leave us a review. And this time, why don't you sign off with your Reddit username? Anonymousowl46, we love your five-star review. Only one person knows my Reddit username, Nick. It's Sam Offlin. Yeah, how do you know his username? Sam, what are you doing in this podcast? You're everywhere. Yeti's Jack and I'll see you tomorrow. Jack, I'll see you in San Francisco. And before we go, congratulations to Yeti Alice Krieger, who just survived her bachelorette party weekend down in Nashville. Avalyn Lee was there to tell the tale, but don't worry. What happens on Broadway? stays on Broadway. And Av Kapoor just got done celebrating a birthday for two weeks over in Tokyo. Happy birthday to Albert Alamaní in Barcelona, Spain. And Ben Tunney, happy birthday down in Greenwich, Connecticut. Congratulations to Miro Montiel, who's getting his MBA from the Berkeley Haas School of Business. And Luciano Wahapaya is celebrating a birthday and just launched his new app, Cook Genius. Check it out. And happy birthday to Jesse Breffel, who's celebrating with some chocolate in Bluffdale, Utah. And to anyone else celebrating something today, make it a T-boy. Celebrate the wins. This is Jack. I own stock of Levi's. Nick owns stock of Beyond Meat. And we both own stock of Peloton and ETFs of the S&P 500. If you like the best one yet, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus and the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And before you go, tell us a little bit about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. We want to get to know you
1: means business.